Hello and good morning. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of April. And here's the stories for today from Views from Military Mind Daily Views. Views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of the men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. If you're ready, let's move out. Today's stories are going to include the immigration suspension by POTUS and its national our national job security. Our second story is going to be destroy any Iranian gunboats. The order that President Trump has put out to shoot down or destroy any of the Iranian uh, gunboats that are harassing our naval vessels. And then we'll get into COVID-19 in the military. How its current, what its current cases are in the military, the Theodore Roosevelt, and the National Guard numbers in the states utilizing National Guard. Then we'll get into my views from a military mind, covering the immigration, the destroy order, and COVID in the military. If you'd like to be part of the show, or you have suggestions and opinions you'd like to have aired on the show, you can visit our website at viewfrommilitarymind.com. Or write to us at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com. Your opinions and insight are welcome. If you're a veteran, they're definitely welcome. And we invite everyone to participate, not just veterans, but the general public at large. This is your country and your news and your input. Give me your views, your opinions, and we'll get them on the show. Again, that's it. Viewfrommilitarymind.com. Or write us at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com. Or you can visit us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. Also on Twitter. Yeah, that was that sounded a little English. But we invite your opinions and we would like for everybody to participate. Right after the break, we'll get started. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, welcome back. And like I said earlier in the introduction, we'll talk about the immigration suspended. Uh, on Tuesday, President Trump announced what he described as a temporary suspension of immigration into the United States. Uh, Trump said he would be placing a 60-day pause on the issuance of green cards in an effort to limit competition for jobs in a U.S. economy wrecked by the coronavirus. And this was reported on AP News. Um, and it, it's, of course, it's getting um, opposition from the left and uh, generally supported by the right. Of course, the the right is, uh, you know, like I said, they're supportive of the ban. They're calling for a reexamination of immigration going forward. And with that, they, they want to relook at the immigration laws. 
see how much we're actually bringing in here, and its impact on the American workforce. Uh, how many immigrants do we have taking place, uh, taking the places of Americans that can actually do that job also? Now, I know some of the arguments out there are that uh, the American worker has priced himself out of a job, but does that really, uh, is that really the reason for it? And there are some instances we've seen in the past you know, where we've exported jobs out of the country uh, to Japan and China, things like that, because of that excuse that corporates have used that uh, Americans have priced themselves out of the job they needed to save money, and they've made billions and billions of dollars. And now we're here today where we have a lot of immigrants that have come in. Granted, granted they're well-educated, well-versed in what they're doing, but we also have Americans that are available to do that. You have the, a, a lot of young men and women coming out of college that have ungodly college debt, and they're well-trained, but they can't get those jobs that we're bringing immigrants in to do. Now, there are some cases, and I'm not sure what those are. Somebody will probably point that out to me. But there's some cases where we just don't have the manpower here in the United States, and we do need to bring qualified immigrants in legally. But for the most part, we're actually taking work away from Americans. And I can agree with uh, President Trump on this one, uh, where we do need to slow down the immigration of professionals and give our people, our young people especially, a chance to get these jobs, to perform in these jobs, to show what they've learned, to show what they're capable of doing. And we know Americans are a very resilient people. Now, of course, the left... You know, they oppose the ban, arguing that immigration is beneficial to the economy and does not harm American workers. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence of that. They do harm the American workers, more so than what most people are, are uh, professing. You know, they say that, you know, coronavirus is proving just how much we depend on immigrants. And while they're only 70% of the workforce... You know, they are more than uh, one in four doctors, nearly half of the nation's taxi drivers and chauffeurs, and a clear majority of farm workers. Okay, that tells me that they have displaced a lot of American workers taking over these jobs. I personally would rather go to a doctor that was born here, raised here, trained here, no matter what his nationality is. But don't import a doctor from another country on me. Uh, I don't want to see that. I don't want that. I want to talk to a doctor that knows about our standards and knows about our health issues within this country and can understand what I say in my language. Um, that's the things I've run into. Now they go on to talk about roughly a third of all nurses in California, New York, and New Jersey are immigrants. Okay. I've spoke to some of the, you know, talked to some of these nurses that were there in these particular areas. Number one, they can't make enough money to live there. They are taxed to death in these particular areas. And oh, by the way, when you get these immigrant doctors and nurses and things like that in, what I call white collar professionals, in from another country specifically for these jobs, they're subsidized by our government. Now, why in the name of God would you go and subsidize a foreign entity or a foreign immigrant to come to our country to do a job that our American people can do but can't make the same money they do? 
it, it makes no sense. Right? As far as immigrate, you know, immigrant mi- or migrant farm workers, good Lord, um, there are people out there that can do this job. We need to promote that to the American people, to actual American citizens. Promote those jobs to them. Yes, they're hard, but we need to start doing our own work instead of relying on somebody else. All right, from a national security standpoint, this is you're bringing in people that still have ties to their country, and there's a very good possibility those ties are very strong. Just look at our uh, political scene. We now have politicians in some of the highest offices in the land that are trying to implement policies from the countries they ran away from, that they immigrated from, trying to implement those into our country. Now, why in the name of God would you come into this country where you wanted to see the American dream, to have our freedoms, to participate in our political system? Why in the name of God would you take and put bad political moves or policies in place that you ran away from? Why would you want to subject the American people to that kind of throat-stepping, for lack of a better word? I'm at a loss for words to describe it. It's absolutely insane. I don't want to be under the thumb of some totalitarian law that was developed in, say, Africa or Colombia or or any other country that has problems right now. Now, this is not against the people from them from those countries. For the most part, most human beings, no matter where they're from, are decent people. But these politicians are bringing in what those politicians from foreign countries are doing, trying to bring it here and suppress us and to undermine our freedoms, to undermine our Constitution. So immigration has a national security issue also, besides a national job security issue. Um, We need to get back to America first. Our people that are here, that are legal immigrants, that are natural born, that belong here, that are supposed to be here, need to be taken care of first. This is one thing I learned in the military. When I had a group of men working under me, I took care of them first. I made sure their pay was taken care of, their housing was taken care of, they were fed, and they were protected, and they had the equipment they needed to do their job. Okay, It's the same thing that our politicians need to do today. Stop all this silly immigration that we're doing. Stop with the illegal immigrants. Stop giving away our freedom to them that they've come here illegally and obtained. And start taking care of the American people that were here first. You know, we need to take a look back at our Native Americans. We need to start taking care of those better. Hell, they were here before we came in. Yes, we're all immigrants of some sort, except for the Native Americans. Um, I'm not going to get into a 3,000-year-old history there. I've had people actually tell me, well, they're immigrants too. No, they were here before we came in. They had this land well-situated. They were happy. So we need to take care of our people first. We need to take care of the United States first. So, President Trump, I support you in stopping this. But I also want to see a revamp of our immigration system where it takes care of the American people first. All right. Now we'll get off of that topic. It gets my ire up quite a bit because I'm not a a big supporter of um, blatant overbearing immigration. I'm really not. I support immigration to a point, 
but I do not believe in the way we're doing it right now. All right, the next thing that's coming up that seems to be the main topic going through to today is um, President Trump said he's instructed the Navy to destroy any Iranian gunboats harassing U.S. ships. This has been a long time coming. Uh, we're continually harassed in international waters by Iran, and they're pushing pushing buttons here. Whenever you see orders like this put out from any president, it's always the left raising hell. They don't want you. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, the previous administration gave them billions of dollars on a flight, you know, in cash on a pallet. Come on. Uh, of course, on the right-hand side, on the, the conservative side or on the Republican side, they're kind of iffy about getting into war. Um, and I don't want to go to war with Iran. We've got enough going on with all the deployments we've currently got in all the other different nations, you know, in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa. Come on, we're wearing our military personnel out. We need to approach this cautiously. But when we're harassed like that, and some of them, as some of the reports say, passing within 10 feet off the bow of a moving naval vessel, okay, that that is intentional interdiction, and it needs to be stopped. Okay. Do we have to worry about an act of war? It depends on how, how bad Iran wants to push this. They have been a bad actor in that area for so long. It's time basically to pick them up by their collar, smack them on the behind, and say, go home and stop being stupid. Uh, when you take out a few of their vessels, it might wake them up. I don't know. We'll see. That's one of those um, chances you have to take. But I agree with him on this. You know, it, Iran's claiming that they've gone into their territorial waters. Well, how long? How wide is your territorial waters? Lost states are supposed to be twenty-five miles. These vessels are a whole lot farther out. They're in international waters, so Iran's violating international treaties, and they're violating maritime law, which is accepted worldwide. So, yeah, they they stand to. Uh, really get themselves in a, in, a, in, a, in a bind. You know, it, and the Navy reported, you know, the USS Paul Hamilton, the Firebolt, the Sirocco, um, the Coast Guard Cutter Wrangell, as well as uh, Cutters Puller and Maui were involved in exercises out there. And we know full well these exercises are advanced or are advertised well in advance. People are advised of them. But Iran chose to go out there and go ahead and start playing uh, games with them, you know, hide and seek cat and mouse, and they don't think anything's going to be uh, done to them. Well, President Trump has put it out there that, yeah, you're going to suffer the consequences now. There's no sense. It's just like having a Somali pirate out there. The only thing they don't do is board. And we've had that happen before, too, where Iranian uh, Republican Guard has boarded up one of our vessels. So let's not give them the chance to do that again. Again, here we're going. Let's take care of our people instead of playing nicey, nicey, patsy, patsy all the damn time, you know, and letting Iran get away with this. We don't let other people get away with it very often. So why are we turning a blind eye to Iran? You know, of course, our U.S. crews responded by issuing multiple warnings via radio to include the, the five short blasts on the ship's horns, you know, and uh, long-range acoustic noisemaker devices. 
but didn't get any response from Iranians. They ignored them, basically. You know, to some point, these vessels' commanders have, you know, certain leeway and certain authority to do what they need to do, but they have constraints on them. So President Trump's going to take those constraints off. And what they don't also realize that if they miscalculate or they have an engine failure in front of one of these big vessels, it doesn't stop in five foot there, Bubba. It will run you over like a pancake in the street and turn you into mush. You have those big propellers, or as they call them, wheels, underneath there that are in excess of, you know, 20 foot in diameter or more. You're going to come out looking like ground meat with fiberglass insert. So they need to stop what they're doing. And I agree with President Trump. We need to start uh, showing our military force and strength and put a stop to them. All right. The next thing we'll get into is COVID-19 in the military, what our current case numbers are. We'll talk about the US, uh, USS Theodore Roosevelt and get the guard numbers and states that are utilizing the National Guard. Um, the current COVID-19 count, current number of confirmed cases of COVID-19 among U.S. military members, DOD civilian employees, contractors, and dependents, is 5,575 as of yesterday, Tuesday, the 21st of April. Um, an increase of 88 cases uh, of those, uh, 1,483 have recovered. 245 are in the hospital. And the death toll remains at 22. This is across our military as a whole. Um, now, of course, that, you know, a few of them are the, the, the soldiers themselves. Uh, there's no breakdown that I have right now for the, between all these specific groups. Uh, the majority of the Navy's coronavirus cases are among crew of the aircraft carrier, uh, USS Theodore Roosevelt, and it's currently docked in Guam. Now, according to the Navy's latest update, 710 of the soldiers or sailors from the ship have tested positive, and 380 or 3,872 have tested negative. Now, that's a good number. That's really good. Now, of the 710. 42 of those sailors are exhibiting symptoms, and nine of those are hospitalized, uh, though none of them are in intensive care at this time. So, and of the ship's uh, 4,865 crew, 4,158 have been moved ashore, so you still have some on board the vessel um, that are being taken care of there and being looked at and are waiting to be moved on to... Uh, on the shore in Guam. So, and, you know, I hope for the best for them. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. And, and I hope their former captain gets reinstated. We're still looking at that issue in that case as it goes along. Uh, there's been no word on that. Um, captain Crozier did what he needed to do to take care of those troops or those sailors. And now they're getting that care. And we see now there was a significant issue and a very good reason for him doing what he did. And the former uh, secretary knee-jerked, overreacted. I guess he felt he was being undermined. Well, in this case, Bubba, you should have been. You did something stupid by relieving him. 
and you know being forced to get you care. So, you know, again, our thoughts and prayers are with the the sailors and on board the USS Theodore Roosevelt. We hope everything goes good and you get better. Now, of course, reports are still coming out that uh, the sailors keep testing positive on board the aircraft carrier despite the two-week isolation. So let's hope that starts coming down and starts uh, going to a positive direction. So uh, with our National Guard, a lot of guys, a lot of men and women are out there in the National Guard are being deployed under Title 32 which we had a discussion about that yesterday, Title 32, uh, being at the 31-day mark now so they can get health care and um, um, basic assistance for housing. Right now we have uh, 38,700 Army and Air National Guard members supporting COVID-19 response to the direction of their governors. Now remember, we talked about that. Even though they're on Title 32 orders, federal orders, they're still under the control so there's 39 states and three territories and the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., has troops deployed helping assist with the COVID-19. Um, if you want to look at the specific numbers, how they're broke down, what states are there, you can go to nationalguard.mil and click on their most recent press release. And it'll give you each individual state, broke down how many people they have, and what those people are doing there, uh, what their specific uh, jobs are, are are entailed. Now, they with the press release that I, I got today, they did give me a, a basic synopsis of what uh, the current National Guard response missions include. And uh, I'll go over those right real quick. They're supporting warehouse operation and logistics efforts to help deliver and distribute life-saving medical equipment and critical supplies. They're delivering and distributing food in hard-hit communities and supporting food banks. They're working with industry and civilian partners to satisfy demand for PPE that is used by essential staff and first responders. They're providing mortuary affairs assistance as needed. And the Guardsmen are conducting this important mission with respect and dignity. So we have experienced professionals going in there helping with mortuary affairs. They're building and outfitting alternate care facilities, such as some of the big um, convention centers that's been talked about in the, in the media and that I've talked about. You know, they're augmenting medical staff at hospitals, nursing homes, and assisted living facilities you know, to protect those vulnerable populations. Uh, the Guard and the Reserves have an outstanding uh, group of medical professionals that uh, that are uh, members of the Guard and Reserves. So it's, it's good to get them into an area and start working, utilizing their skills and abilities. They're providing full-time 24-hour state emergency operations center staffing to synchronize Guard efforts with local and state mission partners and to plan and execute an effective response. They're manufacturing, sewing, and distributing masks and other PPE for mission essential personnel. They're providing time-saving support to local law enforcement and freeing officers to perform their duties in the communities they serve. So they're in there doing things such as dispatch and administrative operations and uh, helping them get uh, some of their intelligence taken care of. They're not doing law enforcement activities 
that I'm aware of at this time. So, and don't don't start misconstruing it and say, oh, they're out there policing. No, they're not. It has not been reported, and that's not the intent. So, don't go there. Uh, they do uh, provide you know, traffic control support. Um, they're helping manage foot traffic in public spaces and community shelters. So, they're staying within the areas that they're operating in, providing um, those control efforts there. They're manning call centers to be knowledgeable and uh, have a calming voice providing vital PPE training and delivery to uh, first responders. Uh, they're conducting force health protection assessments to ensure our guardsmen are cared for. They've got mobile testing and sample delivery, and providing support and symptom screening to testing facilities and passenger terminals, and disinfecting facilities, crucial bottom-line mission of saving lives. So they're out there doing a lot of job. They're freeing up other essential people, other essential civilians, so they can do their job. So our National Guardsmen are out there doing their job. I'm proud of them. I'm proud to be part of the National Guard. And we need to show them our support. They're heroes just like our doctors are. And keep in mind, a lot of these Guardsmen are also combat veterans, so they have seen the worst of humanity. And they don't want to see it in our in our in within our borders. So... Hang tight with us. We'll be right back right after this short break. You move with strength and confidence, constantly aware of your surroundings. You know you're prepared to handle anything that comes your way. You have the training and the discipline. You think street, you practice the art, and you train in the sport. You are part of combat-based Mississippi. Under the detailed and technical mentoring of Eric Spellman, first degree black belt, and Professor Chris Hoyter, fifth degree black belt, you can master the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and become the strong, confident person you want to be. Located at 3341 Highway 49 South in Florence, Mississippi, Eric can teach you and hone your skills in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Give Eric a call at 601-316-3987 and find your path to strength and confidence. Think street. Practice art. Train sport. At Combat Base Mississippi. All right, we're back. Time for our last little segment. This is my view from my military mind. You know, over the immigration, the shoot down and destroy order by the president, COVID-19 in the military. You know, as I said earlier in an earlier segment, we always take care of our own first. You know, with immigration, we take care of the American people first, make sure they've got the jobs they need. Uh, may not always be what they want, but when you've got to work and provide for your family and your household and pay the bills and things like that, you need to be provided what you need. You know, my troops in the field never, not necessarily got what they wanted, but they did get what they needed. They had a place to live or to sleep. They had food. They had the supplies and the equipment that they needed. They had the direction they needed to perform their mission. Okay, We need to apply this standard, and we do for the most part, but we need to apply the standard for the American people to make sure they have a way to earn a living, to provide those items they need, 
the, a roof over their head, food on their table, finances to be able to take care of their bills, and to have some money to start setting aside because eventually most Americans are going to retire. At least that's our, uh, that's our goal as we get older. So to do that, we need to make sure those jobs and those places to live are available to American citizens first. Um, it, when you start dragging immigrants from all over the place and allowing illegal immigrants to just stay, you're de- now denying the American people their basic constitutional rights. You know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the right to pursue happiness. Why do we want to do that? That's absolutely insane. You know, provide for them first. Same way with the destroy order that President Order uh, that President Trump put out. We need to give our troops that ability to protect themselves, to be able to provide the protections to the country, to our country and our allies, by stopping bad actors such as Iran. Don't tie their hands. We saw that happen in Iraq and Afghanistan. They tied our hands with ignorant rules of engagement where you had to call back to so many levels of higher headquarters to shoot back to protect yourself. And we lost a lot of men and women that way. Okay. Let's not let that happen out here on the maritime waters because when we lose a vessel out there, we're not getting it back. And our COVID-19 and our military response... They're doing a great job out there helping. You know, we still have a few folks out there that are are scared to death and they're promoting this um, conspiracy theory that we're going under martial law. No, we're not. That is Joe Blow from down the street, Joe Snuffy from next door, and, and Sally helped me out from the next block over. Your neighbors that are in the guard that are helping you out. So let's support them and help them help you. That's what they're there for. Let's make sure they have the tools and the protections that they need to continue to perform their their duties. Make sure that they're paid. Again, take care of the American people first. Let's stop worrying about all these people that haven't come into the country yet trying to get here. Stop letting illegals in and taking all of our our benefits and... um, things of that nature away. Start taking care of America first. So, now that's my opinions. That's my thought on that. I hope everybody has a great day. Protect yourself and follow the guidelines put out by um, the CDC and uh, healthcare professionals. So, until tomorrow, this is Terry Mills, your host of View from Military Mind Daily Views. God bless you. God bless our troops, and God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a Valkyrie Perfections podcast, copyright 2020. You can find us at viewfrommilitarymind.com and write us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us, and join us again tomorrow for View from Military Mind Daily Views. Thank you.